this morning, dear brethren, will return to the Proverbs and uh, this afternoon, with God's help, uh, resume our study in the wilderness wanderings of Numbers. But as we consider uh, the Holy Spirit's wisdom given to us in Proverbs, we'll do something that we do not typically do, but we will treat three distinct Proverbs but having the same uh, theme, or in particular, uh, an image, a metaphor that they all share. That is this beast of burden, the ox. The three texts, and these are printed in your bulletin, in case you wish to go and look at them more closely. Proverbs 7.22 Proverbs 14.4 and chapter 15.17. Proverbs 14.4, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. Proverbs 15.17, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. And last, as we will treat in this order, Proverbs 7.22, He that is the foolish young man goeth after her, you'll see who that is soon, straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter. <coughs> now the Lord knows uh, that figures and metaphors are compelling as tools of instruction. We live in a world that is replete with all kinds of things, creatures, things to, to view, to see, to touch, to smell. One very significant uh, thing that is a, a creature that God had made and is still among us, although at least in Bible times, it seems to have been uh, much more prominent, being, uh, by and large, an agricultural society, the ox. A massive, massive beast that God has made. I'm given to understand that the average mature <laughs> weight of an ox is between 1,600 and 2,400 pounds, depending on the breed. Just a just a massive Herculean thing. Oxen were used for plowing before you had the great tractors and combines of boys and girls. They would tie and harness the plow uh, to, to this, this strong uh, beast of burden in order to, to create those furrows and then plant your seeds in the in the, the field, oxen were used also for transportation, pulling carts, hauling wagons. <coughs> they were used for threshing grain by trampling underfoot, under hoof rather, the grain that had been gathered in to separate the wheat from the chaff, harnessing them to what perhaps to us are rather outdated, unsophisticated, but very efficient machines at the time to grind grain or to supply irrigation for other purposes. And 
They could also be used to assist in the business of logging, as these great uh, cedars of Lebanon were cut down, and so this great and massive creature was used uh, to skid logs and forests. Well, the Holy Spirit has been pleased in the book of Proverbs to give three Proverbs with the imagery of the ox in three distinct ways, in three uh, distinct deliverances of wisdom for those who have ears to hear. Let us, therefore, without uh, further preliminary considerations, move to the wisdom of the ox First, consider it, considering that we should appreciate the ox, Proverbs 14.4, appreciate the ox. Second, do not overrate the ox, Proverbs 15.7. Third and last, do not become like an ox, Proverbs 7.22. This one beast, made by the hand of God, for the benefit of man, appreciate the ox. He's very useful for many, many things, but there are even higher things for which he may be useful. If you will not be stubborn as, the, as these beasts of burden, if you will listen, if you will quietly submit to the teaching of God. First, appreciate the ox. Proverbs 14.4, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. Well, there's a downside to oxen, a rather smelly one. There's an awful lot of inconvenience, irksomeness, attention. Uh, there are different uh, activities uh, for which the owner of an ox uh, would be responsible if he's going to maintain this ox, if he's going to be in good health. Attention given to feeding him, and I'm sure such a massive beast would take volumes and volumes of, of food to keep him strong. We sometimes marvel, don't we, at our boys and girls, especially our young boys when they're growing. It seems like we can't shovel it fast enough into their mouths. But the volume that your sons require and that which the oxen requires are very distinct and different things. And then, of course, there is uh, the hassle of, of having a place for them, of sheltering them, and then dealing with the rather unpleasant business of the manure. Now, us city folk, we get so used to our very sanitized lifestyle until we go somewhere where people are uh, dealing with animals 
It's not exactly pleasant. It's a rather strong, pungent odor, especially if you have uh, several of these beasts coming together. Well, there's something... There's, there's, there's a price tag, as it were. There's some business and activity that, at the very best, is inconvenient. And at worst, is a terrible hassle and a frustration at times. The crib would be so nice if it was just clean. If I didn't have to do anything with it. If I didn't have to shovel out the manure. If I didn't have to pour in more grain. If I didn't even have to uh, find out a way to, to deal with, with an oxen that, that has died. What am I going to do with this now? It's of no use to me. There it is, right there in the crib. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. Observe this proverb is not blind to reality. It is not blind to convenience, a hassle-free life. It would seem to be very nice, wouldn't it? But notwithstanding the inconvenience and the irksomeness and the hassle and the headache and the fact that you just can't seem to wash your clothes enough to get that smell out of them. All these things considered, to be sure, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. Now this is what a farmer basically understands, which is why he endures all these inconveniences and these hassles. The great advantage to be had in the ox far outweighs any inconvenience. Appreciate the ox. And if you would be wise, you must see that God calls us to improve our situation and that he has good purposes in the inconveniences of the process of improving our situation. So what the Holy Spirit is giving here is not strictly commentary on raising oxen. Okay? This applies as a general principle to all the various ways through which under the calling of God we are to cultivate and to improve, to use our mind and our bodies and our hands to develop our own uh, estates, our own situations. In the very beginning, God had Adam to be the keeper of the garden, to improve, to improve what God had, um, the potential. You see, God made everything very good, didn't he? But some things were good immediately and actually. Other things were good potentially and latently. And that's, that's everywhere that we see, even after the fall. The Lord is good unto man and beast. But you've got to work for it. And you've got to endure the sweat 
and the smell and all the many hassles and inconveniences. God calls us to improve our own and our neighbor's outward estates by lawful callings. And once we see that, we must, and with encouragement that the Lord gives us, we must patiently bear with those inconveniences. It is worth it. It is worth it. Put your back into it. Redouble your efforts. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. That's obvious. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. Let us cultivate what God has given to us in our lawful callings, whether that's in the workplace. There are many hassles and inconveniences of white-collar workers, just as with a blue-collar tradesman. Perhaps there's more dirt and grime and the potential for injury with those who have more, uh, more of a calling and a trade, but at the end of the day, there are always hassles, there are always strains and stresses, inconveniences, interruptions of finely organized schedules which you just overturned. Those who start their own businesses, they know all about this. They've got to count the cost. They've got to weigh all the, the different um, challenges and frustrations. And they've got to bear with them with the goal in mind that God has given me this gift and he's given me these means and he wants me to bear with them. And so when I am uh, tempted to be discouraged or when that, that, ins that instinct for pleasure leads me into a, a much more slow and lazy frame of mind because I want to avoid these things. I don't want to get my hands dirty. Keep in mind the blessing of God that he holds out to us in that ox. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase, much increase is by the strength of the ox. This principle applies just as much at home. It's a messy business, isn't it, mothers? It's a a messy business, it's an irritating business, it's a frustrating business. One gets the flu, and then everyone gets the flu at the same time. And that's why, as we've talked before, some people intentionally just decide to have few, if any, children, because it's such a hassle. It just, it, it just encroaches on all my freedoms and, and all the vacations that I can take. Well, we could say a thousand things about that, but what this text, what the Holy Spirit would say to you in this text, is look down the road and look at the promise 
of all the washing of the dishes, of all the, the dealing with the clothes, of the, of the homeschooling, of the hundred other responsibilities that go in, into to the maintenance of a, of, of a home. You're a home economist. But it is inconvenient. It is irksome. And where no oxen are, the crib is clean. So next time you look on your messes, just remember that much increase is by the strength of the ox. The principle there is that it's worth it. The Lord cares for oxen. How much more does he care for his own children? And though he has saved us through faith in Jesus Christ, and he has given us an everlasting inheritance and glory, for the time that he has us in this world, you are stewards. He will not have you go to your respective monastery and nunnery. That is a sinful retreat from the responsibility, the day-in, day-out responsibility of the Christian man and woman and child who was meant to rest on the seventh day and to turn their attention on God. But for the six days of the week, thou shalt labor and do all thy work. There's an awful lot of work that doesn't give immediate results. In our society, we're always looking for instantaneous results. If we can't have a hot meal in 30 seconds, well, it's not worth it. <coughs> Many things take time. And this is in God's world. Remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're not just giving you practical life lessons. We're talking to those who have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, who serve Him in this world under the Savior. And He will have us not only labor in our callings, but also in our preparations for future callings. And in our preparing others for their future labors, in their future callings, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increases by the strength of the ox. And this principle, of course, also applies in spiritual things as well. God calls us to improve our own and others' spiritual conditions, and that is often accompanied with much inconvenience and much heartache and frustration. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. There's much increase by the strength of the ox. Godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. 
So, not only in our day-to-day disciplines according to our own distinct callings, or, boys and girls, your preparations for callings, whatever those may be, Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you do not faint. And will you not be duly motivated by the love that God has shown to you? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Well, if that's the case, and he calls me to be a steward and to occupy until he comes, that I'm going to do the best that I can. And I'm going to persevere, and I'm going to wait for God to bless. Also, being busy in the means of grace, privately, in families, in the house of God, Shake off the weariness of the tedium and the inconveniences and, oh, I'm too tired. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increases by the strength of the ox. So first, appreciate the ox. Second, do not overrate the ox. Proverbs 15, 17. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Oxen are good for many, many things as we've already described. And when one is slaughtered, of course, it provides abundance. Abundance of provision. A stalled ox, uh, a boon, perhaps, but in any case, whatever the circumstances may be, uh, why this ox must be slaughtered, at the very least, there is an abundance of provision and, and delicious, delicious meat that the Lord has given. There are times, however, when there is such scarcity, such want, perhaps in in times of famine, where one has very, very little. They just just have a dinner of herbs, just a a few scattered greens. And one, one thinks perhaps at such a time, oh, how it would be so nice to have just a, a large cut of, of, of steak. But even in this contrast, one must have perspective. Because when we put certain things in the scale, then all of a sudden, if we are truly wise, then we will understand that we would prefer not to have the feast for all the days of the week and months to come. What is that that would make me choose to say, no, I would rather not have that. 
oxen may be good for filling our stomachs, but they are of no use in filling deeper, more meaningful human needs. When one does not enjoy the stalled ox, when one does not enjoy, perhaps one has been working very hard, one has been a faithful steward of his, of, of her resources, and yet the Lord has brought a time of trial and desolation upon the people of God. One may only have a dinner of herbs, but if they have love, love with each other, for each other, among each other, then that is worth much, much more. Don't overrate the ox. Let us not be so materialistic as to think that if we just had this and this and this and this and this, then we'd be happy. How many people have all those thises and a hundred thousand more, and yet they are some of the most miserable persons you would ever see walking down the street? They don't have love. Some of these celebrities, what a, what a perfect waste of time to follow some of these people. And yet we certainly can learn enough by at least a cursory understanding of their situation to see that no matter how gorgeous they appear to be, no matter how much they, they have these mansions and, and so on and so forth, they, they don't have love, they're constantly fighting. If you will be wise and fear God, you will value love towards your neighbor and especially those closest to you as worth more than all outward prosperity. So keep perspective. You may not have all that you wish for. You may not have all that maybe you think you even need. having food and drink, let us therewith be content. And if we have love, if the love of God is through the, the Son of His love has, has worked in our hearts, creating within us a tenderness and an affection and, and even a patience and an endurance with loved ones who aren't always as lovely as they should be, and oh, by the way, we're not always as lovely as they would like us to be. But if we have that, I'll take, I'll take the dinner of herbs. I'll take the very simple and humble fare. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. There's so many things that just don't count. And our perverse and crooked generation does not understand how to distinguish between things that differ. Pursue love. Pursue love. Love. God. 
with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Cherish what you have. If we have this love among uh, loved ones, then cherish it. And don't grow hard. And don't grow bitter. And put to death your wicked and perverse envying. If you have love, you have more than a stalled ox to share with others. You know, there are others who need love. And if you have a surplus of love, even if you don't have very much, even if you have to apologize, I'm, I'm sorry, it's, it's just not very much, or I'm sorry, I didn't have enough time to make something nicer because of all the different things I had to do yesterday, just, just give them your love. If you have a surplus of love, share that love. Show hospitality. Show interest. Spread to them what will make them satisfied. And you will find that it is better to give than to receive. There's a strange thing about love. How it just, like the jars of the Shunammite woman, kept on being filled and filled and filled and growing and growing and growing and yet there was no lack. Do not appreciate, uh, rather appreciate the ox. Do not overrate the ox. Third and last, don't become like an ox. Proverbs 7.22 In this situation we have the, the wise father calling his, his son to look out the window with him and to see a certain foolish young man going someplace where he shouldn't be going and getting involved with someone that he shouldn't be getting involved with. And the lesson is, don't be like this young man. He goeth after her, this, this unprincipled and ungodly and unclean woman, he goeth after her straightway, he is lured, he is baited, but he's dumb as an ox. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter. There are many good things about the ox. And as we have just recently considered, they are good for dinner. But that's not so good for the ox, is it? <coughs> well, the Holy Spirit, using this, the, these figures, <coughs> this, this imagery, to impart wisdom to the godly for the life that now is, which we know, by the grace of God, reaches unto the very shores of eternity. He doesn't only lay up for us blessings then, he distributes those blessings now. Even though they come in these hard shells of Proverbs, they're given to us for our advantage. <coughs> 
don't be like this foolish young man who is governed by his appetites and impulses and nothing more. God made our appetites, all of them, in themselves. They are good things, but they have been twisted and perverted by sin. And just as we have considered elsewhere, the problem is that sin warps our perspective so that we can't see the bigger picture. And that's what's happening to this young man. He's, he's being lured by this, this woman. She's, she's a beautiful woman. And all oh, the words, the words, they just seem to, to draw him in. But he doesn't realize the end. It's destruction. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter. Do not overrate the ox and do not become like an ox. If you will save yourself from slaughter, moral slaughter, spiritual slaughter, and the wages of sin is death, think like a man, not like an ox. Flee the temptress. Flee fornication. Flee youthful lusts. And he's not just saying that to young men. He's saying it to old men. And he's not just saying it to men. He's saying it to women. Lusts take different shapes. There are different sources and springs of motivation. So let's not get too hung up about uh, the fact that this is a lesson particularly aimed at a young man. This applies more broadly, but since in this particular in instance we are dealing with the danger of youthful lusts, think like a man, not an ox. If you would fear God and save yourself from ruin by temptation, by uncleanness, by fornication, do not be dumb as an ox. We shouldn't have to say this, and yet it is true. Though we, and not just men, women, men and women made in the image of God, we have been given the gift of reason to govern and control and harness our desires and our appetites for the glory of God. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, these are pleasurable things. Things that you would not do if you didn't have appetites. But whether you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And you keep that in perspective. And you will keep yourself from the deception that will kill you. Beware, especially. And let me speak to, to men, especially young men, though again, these things apply more broadly. Beware of socializing with females or with any who do not fear God and therefore 
have less reason to be morally restrained. Be, care be careful. It often starts with innocent conversations. Not all women are the same men. And some, because they do not fear God, or perhaps they are more, um, they are drawn, perhaps the, in a desire to, to have the attention of the other sex, they, they show more than they should. They speak in ways, perhaps, that are, are too forward. Be, be careful. He goeth after her straight ways, and ox goeth to the slaughter. Beware, you are not thinking like a man, if you are being incautious like this, if you are falling in love with a female who does not fear God. You are thinking less like a man, and more like an ox. You are not thinking clearly, and you are leaving yourself vulnerable for temptation and destruction if you are being incautious about where you are. Isn't that what the father is saying to the son? You see where he's going? Now he's probably not planning on it, but he's just not thinking. Why are you going there? You're going to put yourself in a vulnerable position. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You are thinking less like a man and more like an ox if you are intentionally putting things in front of your eyes that should not be there. I will set no unclean thing before mine eyes. Now if you're getting careless about that, oh, I can, I can watch this, this movie that's filled with all kinds of, of uncleanness. I can do that. I, you see, I got this big S on my chest. Don't you see it? Super Christian. You beware. If you're getting too casual about what you allow yourself to see, and now it's just so very easy with the access that we have through technology, and this information is probably outdated and probably does not reflect even the reality of even greater numbers. But according to compiled numbers from respected news and research organizations, every second almost $3,100 is being spent on pornography in the United States. Every second, 28000 260 internet users are viewing uncleanness. Every 39 minutes, a new pornographic video is being created in the United States. It's a big industry, and there's a reason why. And it's not because there are men in this world. It's because there are men dumb as an ox in this world. They have lost their mind. They have lost their reason. 
And oh, they may enjoy their pleasures of sins for a season, but they are being drawn away to their own slaughter. Don't become like an ox. And young ladies, don't become like the kind of woman that would draw such a man away. I know you may say, well, I would never go the distance that some of these other women are, but yet you're, you're actively attracting men who don't fear God, who don't have a sensitivity about their conscience, who are only prizing outward attraction instead of what really counts, and that's godliness, charm, is deceitful and beauty is vain, but the woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. I close. What if you find yourself thinking and acting more like an animal and less like a man in these things? Well, it is the better part of your wisdom to confess your folly to God and repent immediately. Cut off all dangerous relationships and opportunities. Cut off the opportunities. Here and now, will you play with death? You're being lulled into the lap of destruction. Kill the casualness. And if you cannot trust yourself, and frankly, you can't trust yourself. And if you feel that you are in danger or you are in over your head, get help now. Please, in the name of God, swallow your pride. Yes, it may involve telling your spouse. Yes, it may involve uh, reaching out and, and exposing yourself, and you'll feel mortified and humbled, but it will be a medicine that will heal your soul. So just remember, oxen get killed. <laughs>